Welcome to Souls of Hip Hop, a podcast for hip hop heads that aims to bring inspiring people together to share their wisdom, passion, and unique stories. My name is Candy, and I'm DJ Razorcut, and together we are Solidarity, connecting souls organically. Welcome to the show. Today we have Richie and Salim Soto as our guest. They are parents, dancers, filmmakers, and video editors. Richie, aka Abstract, is the founder of Skill Methods Crew and has over 25 years of experience in breaking, as well as 11 years in martial arts. Suleem is very passionate about expressing her creativity in Photoshop and video editing. Together, they co-founded Instrumental Media, a company based out of Orlando, Florida, that aims to inspire people on health and their journey for truth. When I started breaking in the late 90s, Abstract was the first person to teach me Six Step at a rave. Six Step is a part of breaking's foundation. After many years of friendship, it was great to sit down and learn more about him and Salim. My name is Salim Soto. How are you guys? My name is Ricardo Soto. (laughs) I'm known by the name of Abstract, but that guy is whack. (laughs) How did both of you get into dancing? What was your first experience and what was that factor that really drew you into the culture? I was a kid. I must have been like, I mean, there's videos of me when I was two, but every kid dances when they're kids. I was a kid. I was like, what? Maybe I was around six or seven, seven when I got like hooked on breaking, you know, like just watching older people like do it. I just, I didn't know what it was. I just wanted to do it. At that time, when I was younger, you see Michael Jackson, you're like, he's doing the moonwalk. Like, I want to do that. So I started impersonating Michael Jackson. I was the Puerto Rican Michael Jackson (laughs) in my school. (laughs) The funny thing is that I have to find it, but there's some clips. We did a competition of like a, it was like a band and then us dancing and me doing Michael Jackson. And my school won. It was so hilarious (laughs) that we won. The Puerto Rican Michael Jackson won. But... Yeah, I think, um, I don't know, I, I, every time I think about dancing, I always picture that, that my grandmother's living room when I was a kid. They would always tell me, dance, dance. And I'll do Michael Jackson, I'll do like a little whack backspin, something called footwork, I guess. At that time, I was like, I don't know what I was doing. Um, so it was very early for me. But I don't remember exactly how I stopped. You know, I remember like there was a t- like when if I try to go back in time, I'm like, when was it that I stopped? You know, like I must have been like maybe eight or something, not seeing it, not seeing it anymore. And then it's weird because <laughs> it was like, you know, when when scientists they talk about dark ages, mm-hmm. that's what comes to mind when I think about my life. There's some dark ages. I know what happened there. I can tell you, but it definitely breaking was not there. Dancing was not there, you know? But every time I was with my grandmother, she was the one that mostly raised me, I was always into dancing, you know? Because it was like, in her living room, it was like, okay, this is where I can be free and just do whatever. Not until I was 14 was when uh, my mom was like, we're going to move to Florida from New York. And I probably like months in that's when i started getting back into dancing because i met this guy from uh connecticut waterbury connecticut he danced his brother danced they rapped they would have house parties hip-hop parties in the house it was just them it was just the family so i was like all right i'm gonna pick up a move or two then i was like you know 
uh, going to some clubs. I wasn't even as of age, but they had teen clubs out here. So I was like, okay, cool. In New York, they don't. I don't remember hearing about teen clubs. And plus, I was only 14 when I left New York at that time. Then I ended up battling some guy doing windmills at one point. <laughs> I was like, that's old. That's my whack. I, what I was doing was whack. And then like a year later after that, like that's when I like I met some guy from California. We're doing like a talent show in school. And I wanted to like I wanted to do like a fusion. Like I wanted to do like my style of dancing into like a flare and do some cool stuff and that was it. I didn't want to do nothing like the whole breaking template, you know? But that didn't happen. Months in as far as like practicing breaking, I was like, all right, I need to take breaking serious. So I took breaking serious. And um here we are now. So wait, you just like learned it on your own? No. Because uh, you were like, I, was, I did a backspin and I did a windmill and I'm like. And I'm abstract. Now I'm abstract. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, who taught, like, who taught you a windmill? In the, in the Where did you always. get the backspin? Right? <laughs> so when I did a flare and I'm yeah, like. Yeah. Well, that was when I was older. That was like 14, 15. Yeah. No, when I was a kid, there was, I used to go to this daycare where they, there was older kids and they danced. So they were already like advanced than me they were doing backspins they were doing footwork that's all they did so i picked it up from them and then like i said i went to my dark ages i don't know what happened as far as like with dance but i remember like family situations and all this stuff and oh my god thank god i'm alive and then flowing into like when i'm age 14 coming to tampa i'm like i said i met this kid uh, his name is ryan gonzalez filipino guy from was it San Diego? He's from San Diego, I believe. He was always getting into trouble. So his father lived in Tampa. And so his mom sent him to Tampa to, I don't know, I guess do better because his father's here. <laughs> but then after a year of breaking, he disappeared. To this day, I don't know where he's at. Hopefully he's still alive. I don't know. It would be nice to see him again. So tell, show him like, hey, look, this, this is how far I took it. But yeah, Brian Gonzalez, I credit... Ryan Gonzalez to helping me out started off, you know, like the whole breaking thing. Because before I was just trying to do a fusion, trying to incorporate one one or two moves of breaking into like some house dancing or what I thought was house dancing back then. And you dance as well. When I found interest in dancing all around was when I was in high school or something like that. And my thing was, uh, was ballroom dancing. I just love the way they look, the way they dance, the, how elegant. And um, I watch it all the time. And my mom's like, what's up with you? Like, don't you get bored? I'm like, no, I want to do that. I want to be that. You know, but at that time, my mom never know, took interest into the things I like. So I, I would be in my backyard um, getting all the guys to. I was a tomboy growing up. But um, I would get the girls that would hang out with the, with the guys. Um, I would try and set up a group, a dance group. And I remember it was to, this is how we do it. <laughs> it was so stupid. But um, I made them do some dance moves. I'm like, yeah, we're going to do this at Hubbard Park in Connecticut because that's where I grew up. And um, I was like, if we do this correct, I'll, I'll talk to the guy that owns the place there. And during the Daff Daffodil Festival, I'll make sure we get, get us in there. <laughs> it never happened. Um, <laughs> how old are you again? Uh, I was in middle school at that time. And like I was trying to get a group together. 13, yeah, <laughs> I was trying. To, but after that, I was like, I started listening to house, not knowing that it was house. Mm -hmm. 
And I would rock out in my room and across the street, there was this boy I used to like. I had like a crush on him and him and his brother would sit on the roof and watch me. And I didn't know my because my window was open. But I was like jamming. I was like, yeah, I'm feeling this, you know. Straight up movie star. Right yeah. <laughs> I can envision it. <laughs> yeah. And um, I remember one time asking my mom to show me how to dance salsa because I wanted to learn. She never taught me. So I had a, some of these things I, I just taught myself. When I wanted to do something, I just go ahead and taught myself. There was no YouTube back then. So I, I was like, all right, let me take this broom and practice with it. I taught myself how to dance salsa, merengue and whatever else, and bachata. And that's when I started going to the clubs and dancing. Or even in, when it came time for the homecoming, I remember remember when Tootsie Roll came out? Mm-hmm. Um, me and my best friend, we made a dance to that. And when that song came on, we, like the whole... Everybody that was there was just watching us, and I didn't even notice because I was so like into the song, and I was just feeling it. And when when I hear a, a song, I just get, I get lost in the music. And then when I finally moved here to to Tampa, and that was in 2007, I think, um, I started hanging out with Denise. She became my best friend, and she was in no, I think we got into it together, the whole breaking thing. But she knew about it because it's tech. Um, and I remember it was her, me, and another girl called Suli. I was like, yo, let's try and do this. You know what I'm saying? Let's, why don't we try learning, you know? And I remember when I first got my first six step, and um, <laughs> I called them. I was like, yo, come to my house. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I did my first six step. They're like, yo, that's dope. Oh, snap. I was like, oh, are we about to be a B-girl crew? <laughs> the only one that kept with it or, uh, was Denise, but she never really battled like that or whatever. She was just doing it for fun. And then we started hanging out with like arson and reaction. I started seeing what they were doing. But the first person that I met out here, though, was Noel and Mouse. And then that's when I really got into the club and scene. And then I, I stopped hanging out with them. And it wasn't more me and Denise, me and Denise, always in the clubs. And at that time, since she was my best friend and the only person I knew here, we were going to reggaeton clubs. And that was our thing. So every weekend I would dress up into a different character, whether, whether it was a cheerleader or whatever it was. I don't know why. And half naked. I'm like, when I think about it, I'm like, oh, my God. But at the time, it's like I didn't care because, you know, when you're skinny and you're all this and that, you're like, screw this. I feel sexy. I'm going to do me. Then I got tired of the whole reggaeton thing. I was like, what, I, what, what phase am I going through? You know, and I was hanging out with a bunch of Dominicans. I was like, bachata now? I was like... <laughs> But every time they would play that one hip hop song or two of them, my heart was like, <sighs> it's like you're seeing somebody you're in love with for the first time. That's what it felt like. I'm like, wait, I just heard freestyle. Wait, what? And nobody's on the floor. I'm like, why not? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yo, do you know who this is? You know, and I'll, I'll be out there rocking. And I was like, yo, that that hip hop actually has my heart. Speaking of heart connections, how did the two of you meet? Um, How did we meet? Funny thing is, when I first laid my eyes on her, <laughs> it was at a 15-year anniversary, school methods anniversary in New York, and she, you know, she was helping out, selling uh, merch, and one of them happened to be my DVD. Hey. <laughs> but she was like... I always say in the story, I'm like, I asked Tag, I was like, why is this, who's this kid on the DVD? He's like, yo, that's Absha. I was like, who the hell wants to buy this? Who is he? I don't even know who he is. 
He's like, yo, are you serious? He's like the president of the like skill methods. I was like, okay, I still won't buy it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, it's this much. I'm like, you know, nobody here's gonna spend that much. <laughs> but everybody ended up buying the DVD, and I'm like, all right, okay, cool. And then that's when he came up to the table with his hands in his pocket. He's like, oh, so how we doing on the DVDs? And I'm like, yeah, we're doing okay. <laughs> And he just shook my hand and just, you know, introduced himself or whatever. But I didn't think nothing of it at that moment, you know what I'm saying? Because I was, like, so hyped that I was there. And I already knew the crew before I knew him for a long time. The next day is when Tech and Noel were like, yo, come through um, through the picnic. And I'm like, all right, cool. Then when I was there at the picnic, and I see him running around um, with his daughter, Janice. I didn't even know it was his daughter. So I just saw him, like, chilling or whatever. And we spoke only briefly, and then I don't know if he wants to take it from there. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't pay as too much mind there. So, so um, it wasn't like it was a like, first sight. No, it was more like, oh, no. hey, what's hey, up, whatever. You oh, know she's okay? cool, and I, you know, I, at that at that time, it's funny because at that time I didn't know she was roommates with Arlene, mm-hmm. which is Tex's ex girlfriend. So I was like, oh, maybe Tex, that's his, you know, side chick or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> like his side chick or something it's nothing like that but um so then after that fast forward i don't know how many maybe a month there was a scum at the shirt that we were selling and i guess uh she had one that she cut up or no one cut it for her and it was like it was it was dope it was girl style like i don't know 80 style like cut and i just i saw it i saw it in the facebook and i was like oh it looks like i said i said in spanish i was like um it looks like a like a lion got to that to that shirt. At the time, I was in the Middle East. I was in uh, Qatar or Qatar, yeah. and we we're going back and forth. And so, really, like it started online, which is funny. Yeah, and I was like, "Hey, is he feeling me?" <laughs> Those were my thoughts, and that started the conversation. And then that's what started the, you know, being hey, what's up? So blah 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 mm-hmm. through the messenger or whatever. And then I started, after that, I started with spoken words and the things we like. And then he left to China and that's when I started getting deep. And I could tell he was starting to feel me and I was feeling him. I'm like, when is he coming back home? (laughs) You know? And then that's when we actually met for the first time. There was the biggest snowstorm in New York City. They closed everything down. No transportation, nothing, nothing. Um, even the next day, the cards, you couldn't even tell they were cards. Everything was buried under snow. It was this high. It was ridiculous. But oh, me and Arlene still went to the... It's audio. It's stupid. <laughs> I said feet. over like like cards. You couldn't tell the cards. I don't know how I explained myself. <laughs> well, anyways, inside of me, I didn't say it out loud. But inside of me, I felt disappointed because that's the day we planned our meeting and chilling or what. I was looking forward to that. And then... Um, Tech was at the house at that time. I didn't want nobody to know what was going on between us, you know. And I don't know how Tech figured it out. But I was trying to talk to him on the low in the living room. I'm like, yo, um, so yeah, Tech is here. And um, so I don't think it sucks that we can't meet. <laughs> like if my parents are home, right. that's what it felt like. <laughs> and he's like, no, don't worry. I'm a fire. I'm like, no, but no taxis. Nothing's, nothing's happening. It's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. It's a big snowstorm. Imagine Long Island all the way to like Jersey City. Mm-hmm. That's a long <clears throat> ride. So he finally found a cab. Go ahead, you could tell that part. <laughs> so That's what, fu- what, like two hours? 
Was it two hours? It felt long, that drive, because of it the was, snow. I don't remember how many hours, but um, yeah, I found a cab that would drive in the snow all the way to Long Island. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> and I paid for it. I was just like, yo, I ain't going to let a storm stop us. I was running. Actually, she got to the apartment, and I was running from, like, I think it was... The grocery store. Yeah. We were there for a few minutes, me with the cab guys, and they're like, if he doesn't come up in a few minutes, then we have to leave. I'm like, you had me come here three hours later, and you're still not here. And I, all of a sudden, I see this little man with bags. Um, <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah. Um, and so he comes to the front of the cab, gives him the money. And then I, I was mad nervous because I was like, oh, my God, I'm seeing him in person. I actually have feelings for him this time, you know. And so I get out the car. And he's like, yo, you good? You good? You had, was it a good ride? I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, let's go inside. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I got inside, he actually, um, before on the phone when we spoke, he was asking me things that I liked. But I didn't know he was listing them down as far as foods and stuff like that. <laughs> he bought my strawberry, my mint chocolate chip, everything. <laughs> he had it, like, prepped. Wow. I was like... Well, you're trying to get to me tonight, aren't you? (laughs) But he was respectful. He wasn't like, I'm trying to get at that. It wasn't, he was different. It wasn't like, wham, bam, let's let's leave it as it is. It was more like he really liked me. I really liked him. And the feelings there were like deep. It was crazy. And maybe it's because of all the spoken words. Um, (laughs) But that's how we met. And that's how we just like So let's go back to the spoken words that you guys have spoken words to each other you were sharing spoken words back and forth or yeah back and forth wrote spoken to... words do you guys Wait, know what? any of them that do we remember wrote... do you remember any of them no no because That's we so were many. we would talk about colors different animals like i know it doesn't make sense yeah we wrote but... to we, we we would write spoken words to each other yeah it wasn't like yeah it was to each other and so, then we and... would do it sometimes on facebook um, where everybody could see, but they didn't know what we were talking about. And we right. would send it to each other. People would read it and be like, oh, that's dope, that's dope. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it they was like your know. own code. Yeah, yeah. and like, they didn't know. Yeah. Our, our thing was turquoise and red. That yeah. was that was the, the, like the, the code name. Yeah. She was turquoise, I was red. <laughs> Favorite colors. Uh, <laughs> I know, that's cheesy. That's how we started. That's like the deepest I've ever been with anybody that I've ever dated. Like, I knew this was going to be a thing where I was like, I'm set, you know? But yeah, that's how I started. And what were you doing in China at the time? I was doing uh, Hustle and Freeze, judging Hustle and Freeze. I, I heard the prelims are pretty intense, too. Yeah, and it's funny because at that time, uh, I didn't want to judge uh, because it was like, Flea had to battle, I think he had to battle uh, Machine, and then he battled this kid, No Name. And that started a whole, like, issue. Like, after I left, behind the scenes, like, they were talking smack about it. So, Why? Because you're in the same crew? Well, yeah, because I chose him over the kid. I, I chose my crew member. And then ever since then, I was always like, if when I entered the, not into the gym, but if I'm judging and my crew is judging, I would step to the side. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into breaking a little later, but to continue your story. So when you started to get serious about dating each other, what was the reaction from like your close friends or family? Well, for friends, because most of my friends are in the dance world. They're like, yeah, right. You dating Ab? <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh. What, what happened? <laughs> because some people know his background and i don't know nothing i'm just stepping into something new i'm and i'm in love i'm not thinking about nothing you know my mom 
um, she was asking me, who, you know, who's that new guy you're dating? I was like, he's a dancer. Oh, he spins on his head too. And I'm like, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> and um, she's like, you know how parents are. Well, this one in particular. She's like, how he make money like that? How is he going to provide by doing that? I was like, only if you knew. It's not just about that. You like most of you guys out here are not educated on that. That really sucks. I was like, you're so like brainwashed to think that you have to work a nine to five and that's it. That's life. And you have to, you have to go to college or you're a failure. I was like, most of the people that are like, uh, that are famous and have so much money dropped out of college because not college is everybody for everyone. It wasn't for me. I went, I tried it twice and it wasn't for me. You know what I'm saying? And people are blessed with certain talents where they make money off of that. So I told her, you know, he went here, he went here, he went here. And then I started, I had to show her proof. Not that she asked for it, but I was like, look, because I took pride in it. Right. I was like, look at these videos. Look, you see, that's Whitney. Oh, you saw that movie? Yeah, that he was in that one. Oh, look, you see this other celebrity? And she's like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> you know, her whole expression changed. She's like, oh, so how much did he make for this one? And when I gave her, you know, the estimate, she's like, he made more than what I normally would make in a year or whatever. And I'm like, mm-hmm, that's what it does. And he does more than just dance right. you know what i'm saying you can't just don't don't be critical don't do that she, she loves the way that he is with me um if we ever went through any type of trouble relationship wise she i would talk to her she would give me some type of advice but she would never give me the advice of leave him ever because she's attached to him and she loves him just the same way she loves me because she thinks he's sweet and he treats me good which is which she is right you know but that was the reaction from my mother <laughs> <laughs> but my sister too though she my sister was like Cause you gotta know my family. Um, they're all over the place. Um, <laughs> my sister was like, "Wait, so he spins out his head?" I'm like, "Here we go, my God, you guys are just the same." I'm like, "Yes, he does." Oh, so what does he do? And when I showed her the video, she goes, "Is he like famous or something?" I'm like, "In this world, he kind of is important, you know." And he does this and that. And I was like, "He's really humble, so he's not gonna put it out there and be like, yeah, I do this.'" And he never, even till now, he still does it. I'm more of the cheerleader. I'm like, do you know what he has done? You know, <laughs> because I'm like, I, I think it's cool for you to rep. You worked so hard for so many years to be like quiet about it. No, I, I, not that I wouldn't be flashy, but I'd be like, yo, this is what I did. And my work talks for or speaks for itself. In other words, you know, so after that, they're like, where is he leaving out of town this month or blah, blah, blah. Are you going to be alone? And they're more like, that's cool. And they'll be like, that's my brother-in-law. That's my son-in-law. So they, they're, they're proud of him. But yeah, go ahead. Talk about me. Go ahead. <laughs> I think, it's, I mean, I think you make a good point. It's hard for people to appreciate artists and artists' life because mm -hmm. it's hard for um, families to understand when, when you are with an artist or when you are an artist. How are you going to make a living? You know, we ask that with our daughter who she wants to be a visual artist. You know, these are all regular questions, but there isn't that much respect. I mean, there's mm -hmm. over two decades or more that you've worked on a craft, and yet people just... They don't respect it. It's like a slap it. in the face. You're yeah. like, yeah, I work as hard for this as you work for that degree. Exactly. Except even it's more. physical and it's more, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? More like boom, 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 and get it done. You know, respect that. The same way I respect what you're doing, respect what I do. Yeah. So, go ahead. I think at that time also what was difficult... Not difficult, but, you know, I had just, like, you know, got a set. I was separated from my ex-wife at the time, you know? So it was like, how do I 
how do I do this? I really like her. And she knew. She's like, are you sure you want to do this? You know, like, you just got out of a relationship. I gave him a choice even when we were dating. I was like, I know how this could be. Come on, you just, you got out of a relationship after a year. Oh, no, you, you've been free for a year. Six months. Or something like that. And you've been in a long relationship. Sometimes you need a break. You need to breathe and explore what you want and see what you like. Because I might not be the one. So do what you got to do. I told him it's not going to hurt me. If you still need that free time, let me know now. Even though we're like months in, I was like, let me know. You got to let me go. We got to just end this and we'll do it later. Cool. I just want to make sure that you let everything out. Because if you don't, things will happen. And I was smart enough to know that. Because I didn't. Because when I fought, I fought hard. And I didn't want to get hurt. That's all I was telling him. I'm willing to let you go. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead. So I wasn't smart enough to do that. Exactly. Not to keep me. I was like, man, but what if I lose something that's good? That that is in the past already. Whatever that I had, that relationship that I had is in the past. But a lot of situations came about because of that. At some point, I was questioning my decision. But we're already deep, you know. Like we're already like, okay, I love a you. A year type. and a half deep. After eight and a half years, I think, uh, put it this way, we've gone through everything and in, and even everything hasn't broken, like, our connection. We went through the good and the bad. Like, I'm open and I'm straight up about what we go through or whatever it is because maybe somebody out there is going through the same thing and they're like, I can never get over it. And, oh, my God, you're tough. You're this, you're that. No, I'm not. <laughs> you know, I'm a woman, too. I hurt. I, I, I went through a lot. I lost my weight, suffered, pregnant, everything. And it wasn't an easy road during those rough times that we went through. It was so freaking hard. But I'm a determined chick. So when I go through those hard times, I always get right back up. And I'm like, I got a daughter to maintain. And I I can't be selfish. I got to think about her. Forget my heart right now. Those were my thoughts. And then when that happened, and we kind of split ways. And it wasn't for long. I, I I believe in God. That's my thing. Um, and so I used to pray a lot and be like, God, if He ain't for me, just leave him where He's at. I don't I don't need this in my life. You know what I'm saying? And God answered my prayers, <laughs> and He came back. We sorted out, and we promised each other, Yo, anything and everything, we have to be honest and straight up with each other. No more lies. No more nothing. And either one of us like mess up that's it no more second chances third chances nothing that is it and i mean it you know what i'm saying so i think that helped us that helped us strengthen our relationship and while that time separate it kind of um gave us time enough to realize how much we love each other and why you know what i'm saying it's like it's hard to find somebody else that's used to the way you are Mm -hmm. And it's it's not easy. They don't get your ways. And then you got to start all over again. That's a lot of work. And I wasn't tr- trying to go for that either. So I was kind of, in a sense, I was ready to do it out there by myself with her. I was ready. Determined. I was like, yes, I'm going to do this. I got this. Blah, blah, blah. But part of me was like, why? This sucks. I miss him. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, he was thinking the same things. And in a way, I, I kind of knew why he was going through what he was going through in his mind. And I, I felt him and I kind of sympathized with him instead of 
spewing hate at him or whatever. I actually sympathize with him rather than tarnishing him down because I did that during that time. And I'm like, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. When it was more like, I'm hurting. Mm -hmm. But you don't realize that. But that switched a lot of things around in our relationship where it's to the point where it's like, if I step into a jam or wherever it is, because you know in your jams you got little groupies. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to be straight up. Um, <laughs> and in the past, if we would have went to a big jam, I'd be worrying about, yo, why is she looking at him like that? Why is she talking to him like that? Watch her watch her want a picture or, or send a message because that would always happen, no matter where he was at, in what country. And I, I would have anxiety. It was so bad. But now I was like, go ahead, try it. I'll be sitting right over here and I'll introduce myself be like, hey, what's up? And, you know, keep it friendly. But never no thoughts in my head running like he's going to do something or this is going to happen. It's to that point now that it's like, good luck to you if you're trying to break this. If we were to break this relationship, it wouldn't be over a girl or anything. It's because we wanted to. It's to that point where we're that honest with each other. And I'm glad that it took a lot of work to get there. Like, <laughs> it took a lot of work. And sometimes when you people are like, no, I want to give that guy a chance but look what happens when you do give a chance. It doesn't mean I'm a pendeja or a sucker. It just means that I cared enough to give him a chance and see that my daughter has a father. There's a big stereotype with b-boys. And yeah. I, I would say mainly hip men in hip-hop yes. altogether. That they're players, mm -hmm. that they're, they can't stick to one woman, that, you know, these very negative things. And the fact that that is seen like that, oh, that she's a pendeja. Immediately the woman takes the heat yeah, for being with... Some you know with mm -hmm. with the b boy who is apparently stereotypically this way, you know sometimes the, the woman has to see past that and see what's really in there and why they're doing that, and it's not because of you there's something that's messing with the mind or the heart, and it gets deeper than that when the playing starts, it doesn't always mean like I dislike her, I can't stand her no more. It has to do with other circumstances, and they just don't involve you in it they just hurt you because they think that that's going to make them feel better in some sort of weird way if that makes any sense but i can let him continue and let me bring the tissue <laughs> <laughs> what was the shift for you well there was there was several i think i think one of the shifts were was that um i already foreseen how my my eldest daughter jenny said was going to live separate from me you know and, and that was already like i was starting the same thing again I was like, okay, now I'm gonna have another child. That's not gonna be. That's not gonna grow up with me. So I was like, I can't do that. But it is weird because at the same time, it's like I always felt like I wish the first child didn't go through that. But I don't regret what happened. I don't regret her being here. You know, Asiani. So that was one of the shifts where it was like I can't. I can't be a statistic again. And just just like hearing her pain. You know, like hearing her pain, our separation, I was like, what, what am I doing? Like, I'm not a b-boy anymore. I'm, I'm an older person. I need to, like, carry myself as an older person. I become a man. You know, I want to be the ideal man as far as, like, I, you know, I, I've been through that. And then this is where I'm at right now. Because I see people that you know, like, they just, to this day, like, just still doing the same thing. Whether it's relationship-wise or just not building their 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 character not the character but like make, improving themselves you know so i wanted to improve a person as a father as a man to a woman uh, i felt like she deserved that i didn't deserve her you know i could tell you that right now i, I didn't deserve her 
And I probably still don't deserve her. But she gave me that chance. So it's like I either gonna mess up again or take the chance that she's gonna that she's given me and make it better. So that was one of the shifts. The other shift that that other shift was God. And and it's hard to talk about that. These not hard because it, it's 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 what I hold true to my heart. But you know we're in a, we're in an age where like so much misinformation is out there, and people are just slowly not believing that you know that there is a, a creator, and that's fine. You know that's fine. Everybody has their own experiences. Uh, but I always felt like that there was something that was going to guide me to to try to be at least the person I'm supposed to be. Righteous and stuff like that, you know. And not until recently was that I think that's what what held us together even more, and why we needed to to be one because of that. Because I was like, okay, if we're committing ourselves to God, we have to be, we have to represent that, you know, not be in a, in a relationship and we're not even married. So that's definitely a big factor for us you know like who advised you guys there was no one it wasn't a human being put it that way <laughs> you know it was it was it was a who we consider god in the past i used to always like express my feelings and my and my my issues to friends but for what like it was just for them to be like oh yeah that's cool or, you know mm-hmm. yeah hopefully you get through it you know it's like they can't they don't know they can't do nothing for you they can't carry that burden for you. You have to carry yourself. And if you, for me, because of our relationship with God, he can help us carry that or he could just take it entirely. And that's what helped us to, to where we're at now. A spiritual, for sure. A yep. spiritual foundation is really important. Yeah, exactly. So you just um, were talking about you didn't have a human being influence you but you had religious guidance that helped you through that phase, right? Or even today, through life. Right. How did you find that? Was there a particular moment, or was it your upbringing, or how did you find that? Well, ever since I was young, yes, I grew up in a church, but obviously, like, you know, just like a lot of people, they leave the church because you see false, like, Gospels, you see people, you know, you see the way people act. They, they destroy what, what, what God is supposed to be, you know. But then again, today is like, well, what God are you talking about? Um, so in a sense, even though I said he's not human, according to the one that we believe in, he took human form. But as a kid, I've always felt something guiding me, always. It's like, it's always like, I always pictured a path. I'm walking this path, a very narrow path, but I always want to deviate. But I always saw the image of this person there, this man. And, you know, it was, always, it was almost like, I'm here whenever you're ready, but don't, don't wait too long. You know, I had my questions like everybody else. Everybody's a skeptic. And then, you know, there was a time where we were like, you know, let's try to do this. Let's see. Let's commit ourselves. But that wasn't enough for me. For me, it was like, if I'm going to commit myself to faith, I have to know that I have to see if I can, if it is true, but not faith, but research and, and especially revelation is what helped me continue to like be, you know, believing in Christ. But that's something that, um, everybody has experience in themselves with them by themselves, you know, because it's not, I can tell you what I experienced, but until you experience it yourself, you won't know what that is. Just like breaking for me. Like somebody looking in is like, 
you you say you know they think I'm mopping the floor. They don't know what it feels like for us to create. But that person will never know what it's like to become the movement. You know to create. So the same thing with uh, having a belief system. You're not gonna know what that is until you actually. I'm not, and, and it's not research, not practice because you can practice anything, but research it. To me, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> it's almost like you, at least for me, I think, and I still do now after having a baby and trying to, you know, practice again. Mm-hmm. It's you got to just really let go of yourself and just surrender mm-hmm. into the space. I was like a breaking nerd for a long time. You know the moves, you you know the things, you know things intellectually. But it isn't until you actually believe it for yourself in your way of what belief means to you that it's really going to impact your life. Mm. I kind of see that with your story, that intellectually you understood what was the right thing to do, Mm. but it wasn't until you really started believing what you know for yourself. And experienced it. Because you can believe something but not experience it. I'll tell you right now, like even up until like, you know, this year, like although I was, you know, putting my practice into into the Bible, there was a lot of things I fully didn't believe. But until I experienced God, like really experienced Him, you can call it supernatural, you can call it whatever you want to call it. Until you experience that, it's for me it was confirmation. Like, okay, cool, thank you. I finally got an answer after all this time, all these years. You know, I think that was like to me the greatest thing. So I, I want to learn a little bit about how you guys manage challenges of being parents, being working. You know, you guys say you guys both work from home. Mm. Like, tell me a little bit about that. It's hard. It's well, hard working from home and schooling at home. And well, homeschooling well, is. I could tell I'm homeschooling because I, I know it. what I'm trying to. But, well, let me finish. Go ahead. Hurry up. <laughs> well, first of all, I try. I, when she first started doing the homeschool thing, I was like, let me know the days so that, that I can switch off with you and blah, blah, blah. That never happened. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to be better with that. He's trying to get this out the way first. No, 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 no. I'm just <laughs> saying. What was, what was your reasoning? Like, what was your choice to homeschool? Oh. No, okay. So the reason why I decided to homeschool my daughter is because my daughter was nonverbal until four years old. So I couldn't figure out what was the issue. So when she went to school for the first time, which was preschool, um, the kids would come to want to hug her or whatever it was, and she'll start crying and be like, no, and I knew how, what she was saying, even though she couldn't communicate, she'll be like, no touch. That's all she could say. I'm like, but why, Sihani? And I would get annoyed with her. I'm like, Sihani, stop being rude. They just want to give you a hug. That's it. No, no. And she would lose it, have a tantrum. Or if she heard loud noises, she would constantly have her um, hands on her ears. And I never recognized the, the, the symptoms or whatever it was. I, I never noticed. I'm just thinking like, man, you're spoiled and you're this. And that was in my mind. I'm like, why did I think like that? Trust me, I cried about this once we realized what it was, you know. And what was it? I'm sorry. We don't know yet. We thought, I mean, I don't know if it's autism on the lower spectrum of autism or ADHD. I'm not sure what it is, but um, it has to do with sensory. She don't, there's days that, you know, she has her her, her days where it's like she's cool with um, a hug or whatever. It depends. Uh, and there's days where if it's a stranger or whatever, I don't want to feel, I don't feel like being touched or I don't know where she'll cover her um, ears 
or there's times if I'm telling her, stop, stop, stop. She doesn't recognize that. She keeps being hyper and hyper and it's nonstop. And for us, it's frustrating because we're like, how do we calm her down? It's not her fault, really. But as a human being, you're like, you just want to kill your kids sometimes because you're like, you're not listening. But it's, it's just, she can't help it. And some people would see that as her being spoiled. You know what I'm saying? And it's not that. And so the reason why we decided to homeschool her is because um, we tried the elementary school that's not too far from here. And I explained to the teacher what the issue was with her. And I come to find out um, by this time she could already say a couple words. And her explanation to me was, mommy, <coughs> teacher, face red and scream and scream loud. And Siani, hands are ears. And I'm like, oh. She's screaming at you, right, in your face? All right. And I didn't even know that her she separated her desk next to the door where everybody comes in. She separated her from everybody else. When I went to the teacher and said what I had to say, she didn't like me. But I ended up finding out she she quit. Right. And I was like, you know what? Nobody gets her. I need to take her out. And I think the only way she'll learn is with me. And that's the way she's only learning, you know? She focuses here. If it's a whole class, it, it's not happening. It is not happening. Wow. So it's that's that's hard because she's already have has that going on and then trying to teach at the same time is hard. Then at the same time while trying to take care of my house is hard and working, trying to get work done. I get stressed out so much or there's times I, I have my time where I cry where I'm like, This is so stinking hard. I can't I can't do this, you know? But I kind of figured out my own routine. I was like, how can I have that time for me to breathe? And we were um, talking about this not too long ago, you know. I set up a schedule where it's like, I get up in the morning, do what I got to do with her, cook breakfast for everybody if I can. You know, I'm not going to stress myself about it. Go have my hour at the gym so I can release everything there. Come home, then get started on my work. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, nice mommy, you know, and I get to cook. I don't bother nobody. But it also takes the work of two people. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because there's times that I felt where I'm just by myself. And in the house when he's here, because I get it, he works here and he does most of the work. But at the same time, I always felt like I have like 10 jobs in one house. I still need help. You got to see me too. You know what I'm saying? Because it sucks when it's too much pressure on somebody. It's You tend to blow up. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to that, we both... Um, instead of blowing up on each other and being like, no, you're the one pointing fingers. It's more like we got to talk. And we learned that too. <laughs> it's like, if there's an issue, let's sit down and talk about it and see how we can figure this out. I do the same. I mean, sometimes I'm here like what? I could be in the front of the computer for like 13 hours sometimes, 15. So for me to, to keep my sanity, I have to go to the gym. Do jujitsu, punch me in the face, so I can forget about editing, because it gets stressful. I, I, I get anxiety. Like it's funny because I've never got anxiety before. Or at least I don't remember as a kid. But I've gotten anxiety editing. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, I need these changes. These changes. Like I've been here how many hours already? I have to go. So definitely, you know, obviously, like breaking used to be my outlet, and it's it's not anymore. You know, I still love it. I st- it's like second nature to me, but. I think, you know, having, like, my shoulder injury is kind of, like, discouraging, you know? And it's funny because, like, okay, discouraging, but I do jujitsu, So, I'm like, how do you do that? I'll tell you right now, I hurt myself more breaking than, than in jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. 
So definitely, uh, you know, going to the gym and training um, jujitsu and striking, like it definitely like takes me out of this. I just have two things I want to touch on. One is we we're just talking about kind of career advice and Ab, you're kind of known for having a lot of movie appearances. If a young b-boy is starting out and wants to pursue breaking as a career, what advice would you give them if they want to earn a living from it? Create your movie. Because originally I would used to say, don't, don't break for a living, which is true. Like, I, I honestly feel like you shouldn't, not that you shouldn't, that's, that's, the, that's the wrong thing to say, because everybody's different. Breaking as a career is not, I don't know, for me it wasn't the way to go. I mean, yes, I've done a little bit of appearances, but it wasn't it wasn't enough to like, hey, look at my bank account. Maybe once, but even then, I I blew it. You know, I wasn't I wasn't mature about the money. I've always heard people say people people complain about certain movies about breaking movies. It's like we're in an age that you can just buy a six hundred dollar camera and you can make your own movie. You know, if you have that skill, you know, what I'm saying and and find somebody to like produce it or whatnot, what whatever. I don't know. That, that's one of the advices I would give. Like, why don't you create your own? We're we're in the age that we can create movies with an iPhone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I know you said breaking, but I'm just saying I'm saying movies because there's a lot of people that complain about the breaking movies that come out. Mm-hmm. So you know, people have complained about some of the la- the last movie that I came out, and you don't even know what it took to be in that movie. Like we were in meetings with these people and trying to trying to give them an authentic. Uh, like avenue to 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 go by for breaking. We wouldn't do this. We wouldn't do that. Don't do this. But you know, it's it's a, it's a business, so they got to do what they got to do. They got to get people into the seats. Uh, I would say, don't think of breaking as the only career. You know, always have something else. like we all. I feel like every individual has obviously more than two or three talents. We just have to tap into them. And maybe breaking is the strongest one. For me, breaking has always been the strongest one. Um, but I want to—I I nurture the other ones as well. And then the other—the rebel side of me wants to say, take it as far as you can. See what happens. Like do it with a with a with a pure heart. I also say put all your your all in it because you did. Really? You did not quit. Because if I, if anything, I was a number one fan. I before um, when we started talking. I watch his and study his videos night and day night. Even though I wasn't trying to practice how to break dance, I would watch his moves, everything, everything. Even now, when I see him breaking, I'll be like, nah, that what you did? Mm. Not that I, not, <laughs> That's good. you know, people. You need someone like that around No, because people will probably yeah. be like, yo, but what she know about breaking? Blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> I've been around, in a, around it long enough. I know how my man breaks and I know he could do better. So I'm going to be straight up with him and be like, that what you did right there? No, I know when you did that mistake. She's and probably the only one that's honest right. with me. Yeah, I'm not scared to break his heart. So I ask her, yo, what do you think about this? Or what did you think about this that I just did <laughs> in that video? Because for a long time, there were people, even in my crew, like, yo, 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 you ad, bro. I'm like, that's a cop out. The only other person that was real with me, like she is, which always reminds me, is Strive. Mm-hmm. Strive was like, nah, mm-hmm. that was whack. You know you could do better. But you, you know? can tell, like, even when you guys go to the jams, when you see somebody house dancing, whacking, whatever it is, you could tell when it's genuine, when it's pure, when it's talent, when it's not just them doing a choreograph step mm. or whatever. You're like, 
oh, I felt that one. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel when he dances. And when all of a sudden, like, um, not too long ago, he they sent up a clip of him house dancing with the guys. And I'm watching the guys. I'm like, okay, why did he send me this long video? I'm like, okay, I'm bored. As soon as he started dancing, I was like, oh, my God, I could watch him all. To this day, eight years later, I could still watch him dance. He's so smooth at what he does. And the way he dances house, I'm like, I want to learn so bad, you know? <laughs> but he's like, I'm his number one fan. But I always say that whoever is trying to go out there and make it as a b-boy, yo, just put your all into it until you can't no more, you know what I'm saying? If it's your passion, continue to do it. Because he did it with passion and went all the way through and believed in himself. And he got there really far. And he inspired others. So that could be the next person that is trying to get there. What does um, power couple mean to you? <laughs> we talked about this in the car too <laughs> when i picture a power couple i picture like just two couples that can go through anything together yep. cannot blame each other for anything even if they do they can fix it minutes later like just uh, i mean power couple is a couple that can pass five maybe seven years together you know what I'm saying? And but still, still love the, each other. And keep the humor in there. Because, oh my God. We still love each we other. We laugh all day know? here. So. And if they, and if they do, the, and if they, if they can do, like, work on their craft together, whatever mm -hmm. it is. It could be, like, you guys doing a podcast, filming, dancing, you know, choreographing a theater piece. That can be a power couple as well. But, couple. I said couple. But the foundation of that is the, is where the power is, I believe. How they can get through anything like uh just trials and tribulation and also showing appreciation for each other and showing support for each other for whatever it is because i hear so much in the breaking scene or dancing scene oh my other couple she or he is not too into it or that's why i'm here alone and blah ah yo be there a hundred percent for your other yes uplifting the other person i do think it kind of goes back to what we we're talking about earlier with experiencing it and i think especially for people like us that have experienced that feeling of the culture and what it gives you. Yeah. It's really hard when you have a partner that does not share that experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And especially if they then start to belittle your passion, mm -hmm. or if they don't show the respect for it, yeah. I think it's, that makes it extremely difficult. It yeah. sucks. Yeah, you guys got to be in the same frequency. So just to wrap it up, last but not least, we always end out our interviews with, what is hip hop to you? Connection. Mm. Art. Feeling. You want me to elaborate on that? Because <laughs> <laughs> I've, 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 uh, I've been asked that before. And for some reason it made me cry. Because I was like, you know, I, I don't think... Like I said, people have to experience it, you know? Mm -hmm. People have to experience our culture, what we do. People have to experience God for themselves. So, like, that connection that we have, we, we can connect with anybody in the world. They don't, we don't mm -hmm. have to have the same... We don't even speak the same audible language. We can speak the movement. It's like hip-hop is a language. It is a language. On its own. It is. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's its own physical language. It's like, I already, you burn me without even telling me, you know what I'm saying? But definitely connection. It's... Uh, I think it's a beautiful thing that the world needs. I've always—it sounds corny, but I've always in my mind I've always used to say like, 
man, if, if the world like could accept or, or like experience hip hop the way we ha- we we do, then I think things would be better. Would be I, I ultimately think that people need God, but this this is also this can also be a bridge to that because it was for me. So what's next for you guys? We're working on our vision, 2020 vision. So the goal is to this year is to. I just want to release stuff, even if it's not so dope, because we we tend to like hold on to things because we it's not perfect, perfect. yet, mm-hmm. and then it never gets released, and it's catching dust, and then never mm-hmm. sees the light. So the goal is to not procrastinate this year. The goal is to be more of a company this year. Um, and I think that's why we did the whole YouTube channel. That was like, I kept pushing him on it. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Who cares if it's not perfect? And come to find out, we were getting a lot of feedback from it. I was like, they like how I act? Like me? How I am? Um, there's a lot of stuff that we want to do. Um, and where can we find that? At project underscore momentum. You can also go to thisismomentum.com. Momentum is uh, it's a way of just kind of like shedding light on artists that people don't know about. Mm-hmm. You know, so everybody has a story. Right. You know, whether it's good or bad, somebody has an interesting story and we want we want to capture it. For me, what started it, that, that thought of doing something like this was when I was in L.A. that one time visiting where he was filming. And I, we, we kept visiting um, friends or whatever and seeing more dancers and more talented dancers. And I'm like, yo, this sucks that these people, they, they, they dance and put their whole heart out there. And the only one notice is the celebrity in the front. I want to know what their story is. How did they get there? What inspired them to be here and work so hard to be behind that celebrity? Right. And why can't they be the light? So we're like, let's let's do something about that. Let's let's put a, uh, the light on them for once. Yeah, I mean, we're on the exact same mission. We also mm-hmm. we have the same inspiration. That's why we're here interviewing yeah, you, yeah, right? Yeah. We we have all these people that are very inspiring to us whose story we want to highlight. But um, I think this is dope enough that you guys are doing podcasts and getting people out there that for because my immediate thought was when you guys contacted us i was like power couple i was like my my first thought was like i i'm not even even out there like that in the hip-hop scene they know i'm his wife mm-hmm. but i don't not no famous dancer or whatever because that's that was just my thought in my head mm-hmm. you know but i was like you know what no nah, it's not even like that i mean look not every not everybody likes to be in the light for sure. You know, even after many years of dancing, I don't like to be, I like to be in my little dark corner. If you have the camera, cool, because I want to check it out afterwards. <laughs> Later. Cool, but, you know, bright lights and like see who I am. No, I get it. You know? Again, I really appreciate the transparency. I really appreciate you guys' time. I thank you guys for interviewing yeah. us because I think this was dope because, you know, some people need to hear some stuff that has to be said in case they need to take it, some type of advice off of it or it might help somebody. Within the community, yeah, that is that is that is needed. And one other thing that I feel like is needed that I've been wanting to do, and maybe I should just shut up and do it because I, I I voice it to other people, and they mm-hmm. just I don't know I don't get why they're not wanting to do anything about mm-hmm. it. And I think that our community needs not a spokesperson, but somebody to 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 like tell like the audience, yo, like it's okay if you're depressed. It's okay. I've been there. Mm-hmm. You might not think I'm reachable because you think I have this name, but if you need to talk to somebody, hit me up. We'll talk. You know, like there's been like a couple of people like out of nowhere like hit me up about like them having gone to these depression stages, and I'm like, you know, obviously, you know, check this out. You know, like this is what has helped other people, or let me and you talk because I've been there. I've been there where, as a younger person, I was always you know thinking about an exit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But obviously. 
that's not the way. And I feel like there, there needs to be a movement within our community because there isn't. There's just a 1-800 number, right. and that's it. Yeah. It's not really talked about. And then even after people have experienced very tragic things happening within you know, many leaders of our community, it's still quiet. It's yeah. something why we wanted to talk about mental health. And I've been wanting to talk about yeah. it. And I ask people to like get on board with me. Like, I, I want to do something. Like Picture this. You know, like sometimes you'll see... Uh, actors that like in a white background like they mm-hmm. donate to this cause right something like that like i'm so and so i know what you're going through and, and it's just different people just because it's not just one person it could right. be just one person a collective exactly exactly yeah. when it comes to you know depression and suicide it's a touchy subject when it comes to believing in god and and, and, and experience that it's a touchy subject because nobody wants to believe it or, or like they experience, you know, they experience so many horrible things, and they're like, "How can I believe that?" It has to be talked about. Thank you so much to our guest, Abstract and Salim Soto, for taking the time and being so open while sharing your perspective with us. Some of the gems we took away from this interview were: artists often do not receive respect for the life they choose because many do not understand how they make a living. But it's important to acknowledge that they work just as hard on their craft as others do on a degree. After ending a long relationship, you may need some time to breathe and explore what you want and see what you like. Let everything out because if you don't, it might negatively affect your future relationship. Spiritual awareness can come in many forms, but you have to experience it for yourself to truly understand what it means for you. Our theme music was beatboxed by Dennis Domenis and produced by CD. Big shout-outs to the homies in Switzerland. A big shout-out to Siani for allowing her parents to give this interview, and also to Sasha for taking care of our baby. We would love to get your feedback, questions, or any suggestions you might have. You can reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at SolidarityLLC. Or via email, solidarityllc at gmail.com. If you like today's show, please tell a friend about our podcast. Or as Five Dog would say, tell, tell your, your mother, mother, tell your, your father, father, send a telegram. In next week's episode, we chat about balancing DJ life, music production, and creating memorable events with international DJ, producer, musician, b-boy, and promoter, Stephen Flegg, based out of Baltimore, Maryland. Thank you for listening to our podcast. No, seriously, though. Thank you. I'm Candy. I'm DJ Razorcut. And, and this, this is, is Souls of Hip Hop. Hip-hop.